morning, would you open them with me, please, to the book of Hebrews, Hebrews, the fifth chapter. Hebrews chapter 5, and um, we'll begin in just a moment at verse number 12. Hebrews chapter 5 and verse number 12. We're going to continue a sermon series, a study that we've been on now for several weeks, but it's going to take a little different turn this morning. We're going to dig a little deeper into some things. Some things that I believe... um, are very, very important things that the Holy Spirit is breathing on now for us and in this time in in our walk with Him and our journey together with Him. And um, we're going to begin to talk about something called oneness. Oneness. And a lot of times when the subject of oneness or unity is is spoken of in a church, it's, it's... spoken of only from the position of our oneness with one another. In other words, our unity as a, as a people, our unity as a, as a body of believers. And, and while that is important and the Bible has much to say about it, um, we're, not, we're not stopping there. Because the Bible says that we have been made one with God, that we have oneness with Him, that we have unity with Him. And... A big part of the reason why the body of Christ is, is still struggling after this many years, uh, being one with one another, having unity with one another, is because we haven't fully understood the single most unifying factor, and that is our oneness with God. I'm one with Michael this morning because Michael is one with Jesus, I'm one with Jesus, and because he's one with Jesus and I'm one with Jesus, we're members of one another. We're, we're one with one another. And because we haven't been bold enough to preach and believe our oneness with God, many things in our lives and effectiveness have suffered. And uh, among those is the unity that's required within the body of Christ to fulfill our assignment and complete our destiny. Now, if I'm coming on a little strong this morning, especially if you're kind of new to the study, please, I pray that the Holy Spirit this morning will give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of these things. So we're going to talk then about growing in the truth of our oneness with God. Growing in the truth of our oneness with God. Now, let me do a little review and before we read the passage, okay? First of all, we've said that Father God desires and expects far more from a relationship with you than has ever entered your wildest imagination. And, 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 I'm not just talking about service and sacrifice on your part, but I'm talking about the relationship, fellowship, communion that he had in mind to have with us before he ever created us. We've said this, that God created you with the desire and expectation of loving you, giving himself to you, being one with you, and filling you with his fullness by literally sharing all that he is and all that He has with you. Now, I want to point out again our subtitle this morning, which kind of gives you some understanding of of the direction we're going to go in the time that we have together this morning. And that is not just the truth of our oneness with God, but I want us to grow in this truth this morning. Now, some of you are just beginning to hear some of these things. That's fine. 
Some of you uh, know a lot about and have studied these things and, and may be more advanced than the rest of us, but I believe the Holy Spirit can take what we're going to say this morning and as only He can, dispense it to individuals wherever you may be so that we can all grow and experience these things together, all right? Now, growing in the truth of our oneness with God. Hebrews chapter 5, at verse number 12, it says this, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food, for everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Now, this passage from Hebrews 5 is talking about a problem that existed in the body of Christ in the church back in the day that this was written. And sad enough, it is a problem that still exists in our day and in our age in, in, the, in the body of Christ. And that is, there are those in the body of Christ who have been saved, who received salvation, who've been born again, and have been faithful to church for many years, and yet they have experienced little to no growth in the things and in the life and in, and in, the, in the blessings and in the assignments and in the purposes that God has for their individual life. Now, remember, Brother Keith Moore says, if you knew you were deceived, you wouldn't be. So before I think about, you know, before I think I'm talking about somebody else and before you think I'm talking about somebody else, maybe we ought to ask the Holy Spirit, like I'm asking the Holy Spirit, you know, are you talking about me today, Father? Is this, am I included in this bunch? Amen. And the bunch that I'm talking about here is the bunch that, only sips the milk of the Word, but has not progressed into the meat of the Word. Now, I'm going to show you this in the, in the Scriptures, but let me go ahead and just set the tone for it. And that is, there are varying levels, layers, degrees of God's truth. All truth comes from God, the kind of truth I'm talking about here. I'm not talking about opinions. I'm talking about the truth of God. Amen. But we see that His Word is given to us in, in different layers, degrees, levels, or we could even say different strengths. Different strengths. Let me say it another way. Some truth is stronger than other truth. And that's by design. In other words, there's some truth that would fall into the category of milk truth. And by calling it milk, he's talking about something that's easily um, received, something that's easily swallowed, believed, something that's easily digested, processed, and, and becomes a part of you. Other truths that also come from God, because He's the source of all truth, are stronger in nature. They would fall into the category of truth that, that would be considered meat. And meat, again, is something that has to be cut into bite-sized portions. It has to be chewed by the individual. It, it has to be swallowed, and it's harder to chew. It's harder to swallow. It's harder to digest. But once the truth that would fall into the category of meat 
becomes a part of you. Amen. This is what we call growth. This is what we call progress in the body of Christ. Amen. Now, remember, God says that His people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Uh, he, Hosea 4.6, also in Isaiah 5.13, He says that His people are still struggling with different forms of, of addiction or enslavement to sin, not because Jesus hadn't set them free from sin, but because of a lack of knowledge, because they don't know the truth. They don't understand the truth. 2 Corinthians 2.11 says that God's people are still at a disadvantage to their enemy, to Satan, because they do not know or because they are ignorant of the truth concerning devil's, the devil's devices used against them. Please hear me. This, th these are important things. Uh, the Lord asked us a question end of last year, beginning of this year. Don't you want to know what kind of life is on the other side of the wall you keep hitting? And I guarantee you there are people who are, who are here present in the room or listening to me uh, through video or audio recording that are hitting a wall and have, have been hitting a wall uh, for many, many years now in their lives. And, and we want to know what kind of life is on the other side of that wall. Well, listen to me, please. Truth is what sets us free. Operating in greater levels and greater degrees of God's truth is what breaks those financial barriers down. It's what breaks those relationship barriers down. It's what breaks uh, that, that ceiling that you can't seem to break through and, into, the, into the greater degrees of, of provision and resources of God's kingdom. It's, it's truth. It's, it's, it's ingesting more and more of God's truth. Now, Listen to me, please. Let's, let's stay with, uh, with the milk and the meat um, a theme uh, for just a little bit longer. It's much easier for me to prepare a milk-based message to you and then deliver or feed that milk-based message to you than it is for me to prepare a meat-based message meal to you and serve that to you. Okay? Especially... Listen to me now, I've I'm, I'm just got my eyes closed right now. I ain't looking at anybody because I, I, I don't have any one person in mind when I say this. This is where the Holy Spirit is our teacher, okay? But especially if um, you are accustomed to a steady diet of milk, um, now all of a sudden we come along and, um, you know, we want to know where's the milk. Amen. There, there are people who have left heritage because Pastor Mark's not feeding me. No, it's not that I'm not feeding you. I'm not feeding you milk anymore. There's a difference. Amen. Because I want to help you grow. I want, I want to grow. I want you to grow and I want us to grow. And my responsibility as the servant leader of this family of faith is to feed you. God said he would, bring, he, would, he would raise up pastors after His own heart who would feed His people. Who would feed His people. And so what it is that you are fed by your pastor has a tremendous amount to do with what's going on in your life and in your family, personally and individually and, and, and on a family level. Amen. And I, that's, that's part of the responsibility that I have before God and before you and, and the commitment that I've made to Him and to you. 
Amen. So I love, I love milk-type messages. I, I love to preach them. Um, and, and a lot of times I get way, way, way more comments and compliments from a milk-based message than a meat-based message. It's true. Because milk-based messages are fun. Milk-based messages, you don't even, even have to open your Bible for a milk-based message, right? I mean, you know, it's almost like sit back and entertain me, Pastor Mark. And I enjoy that, delivering that as much as you enjoy receiving that. Amen. The meat-based messages, though, are the ones that we need to move up into. They're the ones that are going to stretch us. They're the ones that are going to grow us. They're the ones that are going to make us a little bit uncomfortable. They're the ones that, that, that we don't feel like we can control because now somebody has, has brought us outside of the realm of things that we've heard before, things that, that, that we've learned before, things that we heard from mom and them when we were growing up in, in, in our denominational church. And now all of a sudden, uh, Pastor Mark is, is, is telling us things that, 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 that we not familiar to us and doesn't seem right to us. Maybe even things you were told in that denominational church are not for you. They're not for today. They're dangerous. They're blasphemous. And you need to stay far away from those things. Thank you, Jesus. And so time keeps on moving by and the body of Christ keeps on uh, hanging out on the level of growth and development that they've been hanging out on for years. And, and people should be teaching others and leading others and serving others and laying their hands on the sick and the sick recovering and, and speaking with unknown tongues and casting out devils. But instead, we need somebody to, to prepare us another bottle so that we can have some more milk that's keeping us at the same level of growth and maturity that we've been at now for many, many years. When God brought His people out of Egypt, He basically rolled up His sleeves and He did all that for them. They didn't have to draw a sword. They didn't have to fight to get out of Egypt. God did that. But now He brought them out of Egypt because He wants to bring them into their promised life and their promised land, their best life. The closer they get to that better life, the more cooperation is going to be required on their part with God. They did not have to draw a sword to get out of Egypt, but brother, sister, they're going to have to draw a sword if they're going to have God's highest and best for them in that promised land. So notice he says that part of the difference between one who only drinks the milk and one who is eating the more solid food or the meat is someone who has become skilled in the Word. In other words, this is, this is speaking of a transition to where we go from the Word of God being something that we hear to the Word of God being something that we do. Where the Word of God goes from something that makes us feel better about ourselves to where now the Word of God is becoming something that we're doing to better ourselves for God's glory. And clearly, the latter requires more effort on our part. See, we're reaching a day and age in the body of Christ where the common attitude is, don't ask me to do anything. Don't ask me to do stuff. Don't expect me 
to put any more effort towards this than what you've got right now. And you better keep it short, and you better add some humor, and, and you better keep it interesting, or I'll go to lunch before I ever leave the building. Amen. Amen. So we're talking about growing up. And if you understand what growing up means as to your life reality, there's not a person in this room who doesn't want to do it. But if you understand what growing up requires from you personally, see, this is where we get in tension between these two things. Now, I want to show you this morning from the Scriptures some of these different levels and layers and, and, and what the Bible has to say about it. And so I'm going to run through a few verses. I'm going to try not to preach from every one of these. Just show them to you, comment on them, and just touch them a, a minute and, and move on through a few verses, okay? The first one is in John um, chapter 16, verse number 12. Jesus speaking, He says this, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth, for He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will tell you things to come. A lot of teaching we could do here. The main reason I want to draw your attention to this passage is, first of all, this is Jesus speaking. It's written in red. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So this is truth personified, speaking truth. And truth, capital T, truth himself says, there are still many things I have to say to you. If Jesus is saying it, it's truth. So he's talking about truth that he's not yet spoken. But notice that he is not speaking it to them at that moment because this is truth that they cannot bear yet. Okay? So clearly Jesus is talking about a different level of truth, a different layer of truth, a different degree of truth, a deeper truth, or a stronger truth than they were in a position yet to, uh, to chew up, swallow, digest, and become a part of them. Are you seeing this? But He didn't leave us hanging. He said He's going to send the Holy Spirit. But notice, the Holy Spirit has you know, different uh, names that identify Him, just like Jesus, the Prince of Peace, Son of God, Son of Man. Now we see the Holy Spirit identified in different ways, and one of His titles is the Spirit of Truth. The Holy Spirit who lives inside of you as a born-again believer is the Spirit of Truth, and He says this Holy Spirit who's inside of you, one of His assignments, one of the things that He wants to perform in your life is He wants to lead you, lead me, lead us, guide us into all truth. Mark 4, 13. Let me read it and I'll explain it briefly. And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? Now, this particular parable is the one that Jesus talked about, a farmer planting seed, and he went on to explain that the seed was the Word of God, truth, and the soil that the Word of God, truth, lands upon um, were men's and women's hearts, and the different types of soil that received that seed represented the different types of conditions of men's and women's hearts that that seed, truth, seed, God's Word, landed upon. Again, lots of teaching here, but I want you to see something. He's saying that if we can't understand this truth, this parable, how will we understand all the other parables 
Because this is like a master key that unlocks those parables. So all the parables were God through Jesus speaking truth to us. Somebody say amen to that. All the parables were God through Jesus speaking truth to us. But now we see one parable above all the others is set apart in a category of its own in importance, in measure, in degree, in strength. All right? Now, John chapter 3, verse 11 and 12. This was Jesus also speaking to Nicodemus, and he says, Most assuredly, I say to you, we speak what we know and testify what we have seen, and you do not receive our witness. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? Okay? All right, look at me again. Are you getting anything out of this? What is Jesus saying here? He's saying, Nicodemus, you've listened to me teach, and up until this point, everything I've told you from my world, from, from, from heaven, truth from heaven, every truth that I've told you from heaven, there's been something in your world I have been able to use as an example of that truth. That would be the comparables or the parables. So everything Jesus had told Nicodemus, everything Nicodemus had heard Jesus say, there was something in Nicodemus's world that Jesus could use to illustrate it, to compare it to, all right? And, and Jesus added, you know, this as well. And Nicodemus, you haven't believed anything I've said yet. So if you haven't believed anything from my world with something in your world to compare it to, how will you ever believe something from my world, from heaven, truth from heaven, that there's nothing in your world I can use to relate it to or help you bridge that gap of understanding? Jesus is clearly saying that there are some levels of truth that are so basic and simple that we can use things of this world in this natural environment to illustrate those heavenly eternal truths. But not all truth falls into that category. Not all truth has something on planet earth to which there is an example we can use to help bridge the gap of understanding. So we see then, there are different levels of truth. There is truth that has an earthly example, and then truth that has no earthly example. There is truth that unlocks understanding to yet other truths. And there is truth that falls into the category of milk, and then stronger truths that fall into the category of meat. Amen. Either a nod or a yes or an amen. Are you, are you, that's, that was kind of summarizing that, that section, okay? Now... Let's get something established really, 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 really fast in our hearts, okay? You cannot grow in the things of God without growing in the truth of God. You cannot grow in the things of God without growing in the truth of God. Let me say it another way. Let me say it a couple of different ways. You will never move beyond your current level of growth and development in the things of God unless you grow in your understanding of different levels, stronger measures, uh, stronger degrees, levels, layers of God's truth. 
Thank God for what we know right now. Thank God for what you know right now. Thank God for what I know right now. Thank God for the truth that we have received. Thank God for the truth that we've been taught. Thank God for the truth that has been revealed to us by the Holy Spirit. Thank God for the difference that truth is making in our lives right now. Somebody say amen to that. Is the truth making a difference in your life right now? Thank God for that. But listen to me very carefully, brother, sister. You are deceiving yourself. I am deceiving myself. We are deceiving ourselves if we think we can grow in the things of God, become more mature in the things of God without growing in greater levels, greater measures, greater degrees of the truth of God. It's simply not going to happen. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 15. Listen to what he says here. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in a few things. Is that what it says? Okay, some of you still with me, praise God. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things. Not a few things, not some things, not most things. All things into Him who is the head, Christ. Okay? Now, the context of this, look at me for a moment, the context of this is that God has given to the body of Christ certain gifts that He first gave to certain men and women. So He put the gift in the man, He put the gift in the woman, and then He gave the man or the woman to the body of Christ with the gift inside of them. And the gift inside of them is meant to do several things within the body of Christ. One of the things that that gift is meant to do, it's meant to equip the individual member in the body of Christ to do the work of the ministry. And again, I'm not here to teach and preach and all of that. I'm just trying to show you as he continues to develop this list, he says that I am to speak the truth in love so that you may grow up, I may grow up, in all things into Him who is the head Christ. Now, listen to me for a moment, okay? Because <clears throat> I'm not saying this wrong, but there's more to it, so listen to me. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. To speak the truth in love means more. To speak the truth in love means more than just if you got something hard to say to somebody, if you can't say it in love, don't say it at all. I believe that is true. Don't misunderstand me. In other words, parents, uh, when, when your children need to be disciplined, and discipline doesn't mean punishment. There may be punishment involved in discipline, but discipline is about training, teaching, educating. Are you following what I'm saying here? Amen. Jesse Duplantis said something the other day. Um, they were talking about how good he was being to his granddaughter, and somebody said, you're going to spoil your granddaughter. He said, you never spoil a child by blessing a child. You spoil a child by not teaching or training a child. And that's true, right? That's true. It's, it's, not, it's not that being good to your children is what spoils them. It's, it's parents not teaching their children what they, what they need to be taught. That's, that's ruining a child. That's spoiling a child. Amen or amen. So, praise the name of the living God. So, when he says speak the truth in love, when we correct our children, you know, if, if you need to go take a, a deep breath and settle down, in other words, even if what you're about to say to them 
is, is a word of correction and, and, and discipline training. Be angry and sin not. In other words, say it in love or don't say it until you can say it in love. Right? But this verse means more than that. Speaking the truth in love, if it has to do with anything, it has to do with the heart from which the truth is spoken. The heart from which the truth is spoken. God slathers everything with love. What's that? A, a, um, a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. Love is, is what coats the stronger truths in God's Word. It's His love for us. It's His love for us. And so when the Word of God, the truth of God is spoken into our lives, we have to remember every word He's ever spoken to us has been with our best interest in mind. Anything He's ever told you to do, it's because He wants something better for you than what you have right now. Anything He's ever told you not to do, don't touch, stay away from. Flee sexual immorality, He said. Not because He's trying to keep something good or beautiful from you, but He's trying to protect you from something that appears to be good and beautiful, but is nothing more than, than Satan's strategy to destroy you. He is love, and every word He has spoken to you and me. It's God's Word. It's love's Word. It's love's Word. So when we talk about being one with God and growing in our understanding of oneness with God, to speak this in love would be the attitude that says, this is not something you have to do. It's something you get to do. This is not one more impossible assignment that's piled on top of the head of the, of the believer, one more impossible mission to try to carry out now and struggle with the rest of your life. No, because you've been made one with Him, the Spirit of truth has come alongside you to teach you how to live as one with the God you've already been made one with if you're born again. This is not even from a sense of duty and responsibility, even though our very existence, if you understand it, demands, in the same way that a four-wheel drive demands to be driven different than a Corvette, who and what you were created by God to be places a demand. In other words, it demands that we cry out to our Creator. I'm not talking about like iron fist demand. I'm talking about something natural inside of you. We were on the beach several years ago. And some, a family that was sitting close to us, their, their little girl had, had gone missing. And you talk about panic. And she said, she's this way, would y'all help us spread out and find her? Everybody jumped up and started heading that way. Spirit of God said, she's not that way, she's that way. So I thought, well, there's 50 people going this way. If I'm wrong, I, you know, I won't be missed this way, but I really believe the Lord told me she was that way. I don't know. It was probably half a mile down the beach. I found her crying. And I, then I, now I'm like, okay, little girl, you know, strange man. So I didn't, even, I didn't want to touch her, but I'm like, come on, baby. Your mom and daddy's this way. I was sitting with them, you know, and she listened to God. 
And so brought them back. Now, I'm not telling that, I'm, I'm telling that story, number one, because the Spirit of God knows things. You pray in the Spirit, He'll tell you things. But <clears throat> that mother did not demand that I help her. There was a much deeper demand inside of me that was imprinted upon me. You see, our Heavenly Father is a father who searches for lost children. There were, there were folks on that beach drunk. I don't even know if they knew God. But they put their beer down to go help find the little girl who was lost. Because that was imprinted upon them. So when I say a demand, I'm not talking about that woman said, find my baby or else. There was something inside of me that demanded that I have my vacation interrupted to go find this child. Are you, are you following? That's what I mean. We talked about image and inscription. It's not just that we bear His image. It's not just that we were made after Him and from Him. But we've been imprinted on the inside by Him. Amen. Amen. So when we talk about speaking the truth in love, there's a demand that these things be taught from that position or that place of love. Amen. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Let me, I know we've got communion, so let, let me try to land this plane here just a moment. Everybody okay? The, the, I want to leave you with this right here, okay? And we'll pick this back up tonight. I know that some of you kind of snicker when I say this. I mean this with all sincerity. So many churches, they have multiple services and whatever material content they cover on Sunday morning, they just repeat it on Sunday night. That's not what we do here at Heritage, okay? Wherever we end, we will briefly review tonight and then we will keep digging. We will keep digging in this, all right? So please, please, please. All right, but let's, let's go here. Growing in truth is the catalyst for all other growth in our lives. You say, well, Pastor Mark, I, I thought it was renewing the mind. Is renewing the mind, reconditioning the mind, not what transforms our lives as born-again believers? Yes, it is. But what is it? What renews your mind? It's the truth. It's the truth. So growing in truth is the catalyst for all other growth in your life. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4 says this, last, last verse. Speaking of Jesus, and it says this, Who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Who desires all to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now, I, for many years, understood this verse exactly backwards. We were actually talking about this Wednesday night in discipleship class. So some of this is a, a quick review, right? I thought it was you come to the knowledge of truth and you get saved. But that's not what he said. Obviously, you've got to hear some truth in order to be saved. Okay? But then once you're saved, Father's desire for you is, first of all, let's get you saved. Now that you're saved... Let's come to the knowledge of the truth. I've been coming to the knowledge of the truth now for, what, 46 years. Been saved for a long time. Coming to the knowledge of the truth, and guess what, I've still got a long way to go because truth's eternal and there's, there's no reaching the bottom of it. Right? Saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. 
This is what I've witnessed in my own life. I've witnessed it in the lives of other people over many, many years. And that is, we have a tendency to get just enough truth in our lives to get relief from whatever's pressuring us, and we tend to let our foot off the gas. But that's not us, is it? The writer of Hebrews said it this way, but I'm believing better things for us. Amen. Singers and musicians, would you please come this morning? Praise God. Now, all of this was an introduction to the introduction. And, and what I mean by that is, the subject is oneness. The, the, the first point under that is growing in the truth of our oneness with God point under that, and that's what we were looking at this morning, is that there's different levels, there's different layers, there's, there's, you know, there's truth that falls into the category of milk, truth that falls into the category of meat. The truth concerning your oneness with God, guess what? It's meat. It's meat. And I believe, and I'll explain this hopefully this evening, I believe it is the one truth more than all others, the devil fears the most. The one truth concerning your oneness with God as a born-again believer, it's the one truth the devil fears the most, and it's the one he fights the most. It's the one he fights the hardest. Amen. For those who will be serving communion, if you would, please uh, come forward. I'm going to pray as you come. Um, if we can watch and pray, we can walk and pray. So you men are okay. Come on. Father, thank you.